take offering. Yeah, we'll get it later. I'll give you an opportunity to give. Amen. Praise God. If you got to just, you know, put an envelope and throw it on the altar, they'll get it. Praise God. But let's, let's get into the word of God this morning. Amen. I want to talk to all the shining stars. Praise the Lord. Did y'all grab that hold of that Wednesday night? Amen, amen, amen. If you weren't here Wednesday night, I want you to go back over Wednesday night's message. Get that. Uh, in fact, you ought to go back over all the messages. You know, you should never, ever in this church uh, be starring for the word of God. If you visit our YouTube page, you visit our uh, SoundCloud uh, page, if you go on our website, if you go on, I mean, Facebook, and we have messages all over this, all over the internet. Amen? So instead of watching goofy YouTube videos all the time and, you know, dulling your brain out, let the word get planted in your heart. And uh, there's, there's, there's enough word in there to cover everything in your life. Amen? Some of you right now are in the fight of your life. You ain't got to say much. You just got quiet there, I know. Some of you right now are in the fight of your life. But there's enough word. You fight the good fight of faith. Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so you, if you're in the fight of your life, the fight of faith, you need some word to give you some nutrition, some strength. Amen? I don't, I don't, there's no boxer, the box that you had here a few weeks ago. They don't go into that ring without first uh, building themselves up. They don't go in the ring starving. They're going to get whipped down, I mean. Praise God. So you build yourself up on your most holy faith. Well, you get in the Word and you pray in the Holy Ghost. You get in the Word, pray in the Holy Ghost. And then you can beat any situation. The devil's already defeated. So you don't fight the devil. You don't have to fight the devil. I hear people all the time, I'm in spiritual warfare. For what? What do you mean spiritual warfare? I'm fighting the devil. What you fighting the devil for? He was defeated on Calvary's cross. The warfare is up here. I better say it again. People like to go around and tell them, oh, I'm, I'm in spiritual warfare. I'm a, I specialize in spiritual warfare. Now, it's inside you. The devil was defeated at Calvary's cross. Doesn't your Bible say that? Jesus Christ already spoiled principalities. He disarmed principalities. He made an open show of him. He, he beat him and put him on display. Look at this. The same way David killed, killed Goliath, cut his head off, and walked around with it. Jesus Christ, the shore the devil, took his body and walked around with it. So you're not fighting the devil. He's defeated. You got you to fight these arguments on the inside of you. Get yourself planted in the word of God. You're already a winner. You're already a shining star. You got it? I want you to know that. I want you to know that. Now, if you're an intercessor, if you're an intercessor, now your spiritual warfare is on behalf of others. See, some of you all have intercession on, on the inside of you. In fact, we ought to all be intercessors. <laughs> and so now your warfare is, you're, you're now dealing in the principalities and so on and so forth so like that. You understand that? But for your own life, that was defeated. He's whooped. He's whooped. And he can't beat you anymore. Amen? Amen? All right, let's get the word of God out. Open your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to pick up where the Holy Ghost stopped us last week. Amen. Hallelujah. 
the Holy Ghost came in and disrupted our service. But I like that. I like when the Holy Ghost disrupts our service, don't you? Praise God. He's always welcome to, you know, I preached a message uh, last year sometime ago called Divine Interruptions. I like when the Holy Ghost brings a divine interruption. He can, he can mess up our service, our schedule. He can stop in the middle of the welcome. Anytime. Praise God. So Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to start at verse 27 through 31. Matthew 9, 27, we'll finish at verse 31. Y'all have that? Okay, let's read all together. Ready, read. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, yes Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Praise the Lord. Again, he said in verse 28, he asked them this question. Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. 29, then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith, let it be to you. Now, I wanted the media, if you help me get verse 29, please, in the message translation. 29, the message translation. He says here, he touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. Become what you believe. Well, that's my subject this morning. Become what you believe. You become what you believe. So can we agree on that for the word of God today? Father, we agree today in asking you for your spirit, for your anointing, for your glory. We ask you, Lord, to release wisdom and revelation today. We ask you, God, to let our eyes be open that we may see, and let our ears be open that we may hear, let our hearts be open that we may receive the seed of the word. Let it be planted in our hearts that it may produce in us the abundant life you've called for to produce, the kind of life you've called us to walk in, that we might be the shining stars you've called us to be, Lord. You called us your shining stars. We thank you, Father, today that, Father, that as we step out in faith, as we get moving, as we heard earlier, Lord, that we'll begin to see the manifestation, the end of our faith. Thank you, Father, that as we believe, we will become what we believe. And I thank you that you set it forth your word. Speak to us for your servants we hear, and we intend to obey. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right, take your seats this morning. Become what you believe. Become what you believe. Now, last Sunday we was Resurrection Sunday, right? Yeah. We preached this message entitled, I Believe. I Believe. And I, I showed you how, and we all know this for the most part, that the very foundation of our Christian faith is the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that right? Yes, sir. We know the scripture. Most children know this, and uh, many children know this, I should say. And uh, it's quoted throughout our, our society, John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Right? So God gave us something because he loved us. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten Son and said, Whoever believes in him should not perish. So he gave his son for everybody. Now, this is very, very important because, you know, my wife and I were watching this. Uh, you know, there's this guy who uh, a few years ago began to change his doctrine. He was a very well-known man of the Christian faith. 
and uh, Church of God in Christ, in fact, but he began to change his doctrine and began to teach that everybody was saved, everybody's going to heaven, and that there is no hell because Jesus Christ died for everybody. Well, it's true that he died for everybody. However, the verse says here that whoever believes in him, the Bible does say Jesus Christ died later on. It says he died for the sins of the whole world. He did. But whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Your Bible says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who don't believe. So most of the people in the world, many people in the world don't believe this. And so unfortunately for them, they will not um, see God in perfect peace. Praise the Lord. But you believe, right? Everybody say, I believe. That's what we preached on. So Jesus Christ came. We know from this verse, he lived, he died, he rose again, and sent us to the Father, did all these things so that you and I can have a new life, so that you and I can be delivered from uh, the power of darkness and from the power of Satan. I, it was interesting to hear uh, Elder Davis talk about uh, what he talked about, how sinners are paralyzed. I want to show you that in Scripture here. Look at Acts, book of Acts chapter 26, please. Acts chapter 26. Praise the Lord. Acts, you were in Matthew, so keep going towards the end of the Bible. Acts 26. I'm going to start reading at verse 12. Praise the Lord. Y'all have that? Okay, you're still finding it. Acts chapter 26 and verse 12. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He's speaking to a man named King Agrippa. He's actually in defense of, his, of the gospel here. Acts 26, verse 12, while thus occupied, this is Paul talking, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, this is King Agrippa, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. Now, some of y'all should have gotten excited if you saw this, if you know this story here, if you were here Wednesday night. Because he said, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun. <laughs> Wednesday night crowded, y'all know this. Verse 14, and when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is written in red, right? It is hard for you to kick against the golds or the pricks. Verse 15, so I said, who are you, Lord? Now, this is that light from heaven, brighter than the sun. Who are you, Lord? So, and he said, I am Jesus. All right, y'all still, Wednesday night, remember I showed you the sun, the moon, and the stars. All right, come on, catch up with me here. He said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, okay? But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Verse 17, this is, this is important here, watch. He says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Verse 18, watch his assignment. To open their eyes, which means they must be blind here, in order to turn them from darkness to light. Now watch this. And from the power of Satan to God. So obviously people who are sinners, as Elder, Elder uh, Davis mentioned earlier, they're paralyzed because, one, they're blind. So he said, I'm sending you to open their eyes. 
Then he says, in order to turn them from darkness to light, from, from, from sin, from evil, to, to the word of God here. Then notice, this is very critical here. And from the power of Satan to God. How many of y'all know any sinners? And you wonder, why do they keep acting like the way they act? Why don't they just get right? Why don't they just get saved? It's because they are under the power of Satan. This word power is the Greek word exousia, which is where we get the word executive from. Okay? So they're under the executive authority of Satan. You understand that? So people who are sinners, people who are unbelievers, they are ordered around. You understand that? They don't have the liberty to live right. They don't have the liberty to, to do things that are right. Because they are under Satan's executive authority. The same way if you go to work and you have a boss over you, or when, if you, you were to get pulled over by, by the police officers, they have executive authority, or our governor, or our mayor, or our president, have, they have executive authority. They have power over us. Isn't that right? So the same way God says here, uh, Jesus is saying to, to, saying to Paul, that when you go there, you're going to deliver them from the power or the executive authority of Satan over to God. Glory to God. He says that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You got it? <clears throat> so until or unless you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you remain spiritually blind and trapped in darkness, right? right? But the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, Satan's power is broken. You understand that? So before you got born again, you were under Satan's power, which meant he controlled what you did. It also meant he controlled what you had. He also controlled what you didn't have. You understand that? So he, he made sure you had sickness. But now when you're born again, that's not up to him anymore. No. It's up to you. Hey. Y'all missed that. Y'all don't like that. It's up to you now. Glory to God. You know we, because I'm just, I'm looking at your faces here. Well, the devil's attacking me. Fine. You can't stop him from attacking you. But you can, you can stop him from winning. <laughs> He can bring anything he wants against you, but you don't have to keep it. He doesn't have that authority over you anymore. You're not under his power anymore. He can bring all kind of, kind of um, uh, uh, weapons. He can bring all, all sorts of kind of attacks in your physical body, in your money, in your marriage, but you're not under his authority. He can't tell you what to do anymore. He can't boss you around. Glory to God. You can tell him, get out of here, devil. I'm under God's authority. Y'all got it? Yes, sir. So again, Satan's power is broken over our lives. But look at what he says here, verse 18. This is Jesus talking still here. He says that they may receive an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So the sanctification or this power being broken comes from faith in Jesus Christ. Right. All right? So remember we talked about last week, you and I are born again because we believe something about Jesus. Yes. Right? Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, this is just review here. All right? So we believe something about Jesus Christ. That's what last Sunday is all about, Resurrection Sunday, right? Romans chapter 10 and verse uh, 9, verse 9, says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and 
believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everybody say saved. saved. All right, so that's what we do. When people get born again, the general way people get born again is they make a confession out of something that they believe in their hearts. I believe something in my heart. And what I believe, I now make a confession out of my mouth from that. And he says, the result is you will be saved. Everybody say saved again. Saved. All right, that word saved, I, I told you last week, is the Greek word sozo, which literally means, listen to this, rescue from danger or destruction. It means saved from perishing. It means saved from disease. Uh -huh. It means to make well. It means to heal. It means to restore to health. So this word saved isn't just being born again. It includes being born again, but it includes so much more. It's restored to health. It's being, being delivered. It, it, and if you're restored to health, you can be restored to health physically. You can be restored to health spiritually. You can be restored to health emotionally. You can be restored to health financially. Every one of these areas of your life, you are restored to health. You are saved by believing something and confessing something. Got it? All right, now, then he says here, uh, he says, uh, if, you, uh, if you confess with your mouth and, and the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, believe, that word believe, I gave you that last week too. I want you to see this here because this is very important today because you're going to see that you become what you believe. So that word believe I gave you was uh, strong uh, G4100, pastuo, which means to think to be true, means to be persuaded of, to credit, to place confidence in, to trust in Jesus or God as able to aid either in obtaining or in doing something. Obtaining or doing something. So my believing in Jesus Christ, in God, will allow me to obtain or do something. Or we're going to add today, become something. Because you become what you believe. Are y'all hearing me today? All right, verse 10. Go to Romans 9, verse 10. Verse 10, it says here, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that word there we see twice in that verse is unto. With the heart one believes unto righteousness, or your believing produces righteousness. And then it says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, or your confession produces or leads to right. salvation. On, so remember what I told you last week. Faith always leads to something. Right. You ever seen a picture uh, either on television or on, in print of a stairway that leads to nowhere? Yeah. Or a doorway that leads to nothing? Yeah. Well, faith isn't like that. Faith always leads to something. Faith always had, has an expected end. Um, let me short give it to you this way. Faith is like fishing. Some of y'all like to fish, right? All right, nobody. Okay. Some of y'all like to fish? Okay. Now, I'm not, I'm going, I'm going, let's put aside the net fishermen. I'm talking about you guys, uh, ladies with a, with a, with a rod and reel. Okay. Now, when you throw your rod and reel out, you are fishing for something, right? Now, you're not out there wasting your time. You're not out there to feed the fish, right? You're not, you know, I'd rather be here than at work. You know, no, you want to catch something, right? So when, when, you, when you fish, you, you put um, uh, bait on your hook, 
You throw your hook out with the intention of grabbing something. Right? right? So when, when you finally feel that little tug on your line, you, you set your hook. When you set your hook, you know you have something. Right? But when you set that hook and you know you have something, you can't see it yet. It's still in the unseen realm. Right? But, but you say fish on. Some of y'all old, old time fishermen. When you, you got a fish, fish on. You don't know how big it is. You don't know what color it is. You don't know what kind of fish it is. You just know fish on. I got something. I got something. I've got something. I've got something. I don't know what it is, but I got, I've got something. I have a fish. I have what I came here for. Got it? So faith is like that. Faith is, it, faith is the hook already set. I have something. So it doesn't matter if it takes me one minute to reel it in or if it takes me all day to reel it in. You ever seen these, these real uh, game fishermen? Sports fishermen, they're, they're catching tarpons or they're catching marlins and they, they got to they gotta put that, 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 that barrel on, 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 their, on their abdomen and they're, I mean, they're sitting there strapped down with a harness because this thing is so big and they're working all day long and they'll, they'll reel in and, then, and, and they're reeling trying to tire the fish out. But sometimes they get tired. But when they get tired, they don't, they don't quit. They just rest. They don't get weary and well-doing. They just rest. And then they go back out a little, little more, a little more. I got some strength. And then they just rest. It might take them four, sometimes four or five hours. I'm telling somebody here, if you got a real big fish on the line, it might take you a little bit longer than normal, but don't quit. Your faith is always going to lead to something. All right, that make any sense to you? So, so notice again here, verse 10. I'm, I didn't mean to go all the way over there. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. So your, your belief, your faith is going to lead you to something. Then it says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So unto, it always leads to something. So watch. So when, you, when it says unto, it means you, you possess something you had confessed. It also means, if you look at this here, you became what you believed. Can you see that? You became what you believe. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness. You weren't righteous before you confessed, before you believed. You weren't righteous. You were a sinner, sure enough. But the moment you believed, you became, remember 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that Jesus Christ became sin for us, that he knew no sin, so that we who, made, who, who, who we were sinners might be made or might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you and I became righteous or we became something because we believed something. Do you understand that? Anybody here not understand that? Does everybody understand that? You became what you believed. That's why the Bible says when he says in verse 9, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now, when you come to Jesus Christ, he's not your Lord. He's not your Lord. But he said, confess that. He said, confess that. In other words, say he's your Lord. 
And the moment you do that, he becomes your Lord. See, you weren't that before. But now you are. Are you seeing this here? So it's, it's the action you take of your faith that produces something. You become what you believe. Does everybody have that? Now that's how you got born again. Got it? So then it stands to reason, y'all wake up, that the rest of your life, that's how things work. That God doesn't change how he operates in your life after you get saved. That now that you're saved, the Bible talks about in the book of Galatians. Matter of fact, let's look at this here. Holy Ghost, bring that back to my remembrance here. Glory to God. Y'all have time for this? Galatians. Hallelujah. Three. Galatians three. Hallelujah. Verse one. Verse one. Jesus, thank you, Lord. I didn't even start a clock. Y'all just better hold on here. Oh, foolish Galatians, verse one. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Verse two. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith. Well, what's the answer? It's the hearing of faith. That's how you receive the Spirit. Verse 3, now watch. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Do you see that? Let me explain to you. What he's saying is here, when you got born again, go back to verse 2. Let me verse 2 again. He said, when you receive the Spirit, did you receive it by the works of the law? No, but by the hearing of faith. That's how you receive the Spirit. By the hearing and the application of your faith. Right? right? right. So verse 3, now that you're born again, now that that's how you started, are you going to now finish your life out by going back to work in your flesh? The answer again is No. So the same way you got born again is the same way you live the rest of your life. So you got born again by the hearing of faith. Well, guess how you get healed? By the hearing. By the hearing just, just guess how you get your money? By the, how do you get your marriage straightened out? By the hearing of faith. How do you get your children straightened out? By the hearing of faith. Faith is what you're going to use your whole life. Because how did you get born again? You became what you believed. Somebody's going to get your healing to manifest it in here today. Somebody's going to get their prosperity just on the inside of them today. Because I'm going to show you that you become what you believe. Can you stand this this morning? All right. Now, let's go back to Matthew, please, our main scripture, Matthew chapter 9. Hallelujah. Matthew 9. So I want you to know here, hallelujah, there's no, there's no condition or circumstance a situation in your life that's too big for your faith in God's grace. There's no situation too big for your faith in God's grace. Remember I showed you last week how your faith accesses God's grace. Right? God has ability beyond our imagination. Doesn't your Bible say in Ephesians 3.20, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. So his grace is above our imagination. Or his grace, meaning his ability and his favor, let's throw that in too, is far beyond our imagination. So God can do much more than we think he can do. He can do much more than we actually 
actually give him credit for. You hear what I'm saying by that? In other words, we, we like to say, oh, I know God can do anything. But no, he can do more than you actually give him credit for. But you have to access that grace or that ability by faith, just like I talked about. If you have a vacuum cleaner and you got a brand new Dyson, you know, uh, vacuum cleaner, you know, one of those fancy ones. But if you don't plug it into an outlet, you can't get anything done. You got to you got to access some juice. So your faith, God's got grace available. God's got His power, His ability available to fix anything. But you have to access that by your faith. All right. Now, so let's look at Matthew nine. 27, and we see a, a story here that depicts this same thing here. Yes. Matthew 9 says again, when Jesus departed from there, he was in Capernaum. Okay, he had been traveling around this area, his own hometown here, or the town where his headquarters were, I should say. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Okay? Now, when they're saying this is important, I didn't think about this earlier, but this just came to me as I read that, that when it says have mercy on us, they're not in trouble. In other words, hey, don't throw us in prison. When they're saying have mercy, what they're saying is show mercy on us. Mercy, we have have always minimized mercy to mean God not treating you how you deserve. The church has done that, and that's that's not what mercy fully means. Mercy is actually the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God being extended towards you. So when they said, have mercy on us, they're saying, show us some of that goodness, Lord. They're trying to access the grace. You got it? All right, now, he says here, and verse 28, and when he had come into the house, the blind men came into the house, glory to God, they came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Now, first of all, they hadn't said anything about what they wanted done. They just said, have mercy on us. But he understands what they want. <laughs> he understands what they need here. When they're, they're just saying, have mercy. But he knows the real, what the real issue is. That's just how God works, okay? He says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. All right. Now, so they're coming. They need mercy. They're asking for help. They want their sight, obviously. So his only question to them wasn't, you know, have you kept all the commandments? Have you kept the law? You know, did you take out the trash this morning? You know, did you go to church this past Sunday? He didn't didn't ask any of that, right? His only question to them was, do you believe? In other words, you're asking for mercy. The way to tap into my mercy is your faith. Are y'all seeing this yet? Y'all better shake yourself awake, man. This is, this is, this is good stuff here. So you're asking for mercy. So to get my mercy, you got to have belief. I have mercy enough to do this. I have enough grace. I have enough goodness to, 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 to make everything right in a heartbeat. But the question is not, can I show mercy? The question is, can you believe? Do you believe that I am able to do this. What is your this? (laughs) What is a this that's on your mind? What is a this that is plaguing your life? What is a this that's causing you restless nights? What is a this that's got you where you can't really praise and worship like you want to? Ask your neighbor, what is your this? 
Then ask him, do you believe that he's able to do this? Because he can do this and that. Y'all got to catch this. Oh, God. He can do this and that without even blinking. The question isn't, can he do it? The question is, do you believe he can do it? Got it? All right, now. He says, do you believe I'm able to, to do this? Verse 29. 29. Then he touched their eyes. Well, first of all, they responded, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's my answer. Yes, Lord. Told you I'm an old Kojic boy. We grew up. That's our, that was our national our Kojic anthem right there. Yes, Lord. Our hymn book was named Yes, Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. That's my answer. That's my answer. Then he touched, you know, the question is, I'm telling you, Lord's still asking us that same question. Do we believe they're able to do it? I mean, we crying and all that kind of stuff, and your crying doesn't move God. Hello? I know that that may hurt somebody's feelings, but your crying does not move God. He, but I know he sees your tears. Yes, he sees your tears and he sympathizes with you, but he can't move. He can't act until you release your faith. Oh, he hurts for you. The Bible says we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. In other words, he feels, he feels it when you're weak. He feels it when you're going through. He feels it, but he can't respond to it unless you release your faith. Well, what about the children of Israel? Well, what about the children of Israel? Well, the Bible says God says he heard the cry of his people. Yes, and he had to find Moses who would believe. And then he sent Moses down there, and when Moses first went down there, they didn't believe. Right. So he couldn't move. He had to hold up a few more weeks. So then Moses said, well, God, give me something I can show them. He had, he had to work some miracles in front of them. They can show, oh, oh, they said, oh, okay, yeah, we believe now. See, so although he had seen them crying 400 years, he could not act. He could not respond until they got their faith in line with what he wanted to do. And God sees you. He hears you. He knows the nights you're crying. He knows the nights you're wandering the floor. But he can't move until he knows you release your faith. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We're going to keep on going here. All right. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. That's all he needs from somebody right now is a yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. So according to your faith, not according to my faith, not according to my ability, but according to your faith, let it be to you. So faith will let it be to you. You catch that? Faith lets it be to you. Y'all missed that, man. Your faith lets it be to you. Your faith releases it to you. Your faith releases your heavenly grant. Come on now, y'all missed that. Somebody here, you need some money right now. I mean, you need some money. Nobody here. Somebody here needs some money. Your faith will release money to you. According to your faith, let it, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, I need some money, Lord. Well, according to your faith, let it be to you. Not according to how, how hard you're crying. 
All right, I'm going I'm to mess, mess up 70% of y'all. Well, God, I sold a big seed. Great. 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 Great, you sold a big seed. Well, you saw a seed like you at Las Vegas gambling hall or something? Or was your seed an act of your faith? Because if you're sowing seed, but there's no faith. See, your seed, when you sow money, when you sow money, I heard Brother Copeland say this, it's, it's really the husk for your faith. If you don't have any faith, that seed ain't going nowhere. It ain't doing nothing. It's according to your faith, let it be unto you. You got it? Tell your neighbor, you must believe. Tell them again, you must believe. So your faith will let it be to you. Your faith will release anything into your life that you need. Your faith does the job. I receive. I receive. That's a faith seed. Must be a faith seed. <laughs> so your faith, I feel it because it's in my hand. I feel a faith seed. According to your faith, let it be to you. So now, they're not going for finances right here. They're not asking for their marriage to be healed. They're not asking for a house. They're asking for their healing. That's, now, now, I know all of y'all are perfectly healthy and nothing. there's no issues in your body. But according to this word, what I'm reading here, if the Bible is true and it is, then faith will release healing to you. Oh, I know it will. I know it will. Glory to God. I'm a, I'm a witness right now it will. Man, my God, I'm telling you, boy, I was under attack in my body the last few weeks here. Man, the devil tried to get all up on me and my back and everything. I mean, mess me. I fell and everything. I mean, my back was hurting so bad I couldn't move. But right now when I tell you, I don't feel, and I don't, and when I say, y'all know I talked about last week how the anointing's on me when, when I'm preaching. I don't feel nothing. I don't even feel nothing right now anymore when I'm not preaching. I mean, I got total victory over that devil, that old skunk. Oh, sorry, skunk, I beat his behind again. Because when I released my faith, my healing was released unto me. See, I've learned this over time, how to do this, how, how to walk your faith out, how to release your faith, man. Glory to God. I don't need, I don't, I'm not against doctors, but I don't need them. We have a great physician. Waiting room is never busy. I can always get right in. I don't even need an appointment. All I got to do is, Son of David, have mercy on me. I cried unto the Lord and he heard my prayer. Glory to God. And he released something unto me because I released my faith unto him. You got it? Man, 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 oh man. I mean, I was, I was sitting there, we were at a baseball game, game yesterday, and I was sitting there trying to make myself hurt. I'm like, I don't feel nothing, Lord. Thank you. I'm sitting there in the stand like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, your faith, your faith will, will get the job done. I'll tell you that, but your faith will get the job done. So he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. 
and watch verse 30, and their eyes were open. That's all I need right there. And their eyes were open. And their eyes were open. So, do you believe? Yes. All right. According to your faith, let it be to you. And then their eyes were open. Now, their eyes weren't open before. As a matter of fact, look back at verse 27, please. Verse 27 says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him. Right? Okay. Look at verse 28. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Got it? They're blind men. They're blind men. And the Bible's calling them blind men. The Holy Ghost is calling them blind men. But then they, Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. He touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be to you. Or uh, he says, your faith will going to release this to you. Now, from now on, verse 30, and their eyes are open. And he warned them. Verse 31, when they departed, they spread. The Bible no longer called them blind men. Now, y'all are saying, well, of course, Pastor, well, they weren't blind anymore. Duh, of course, they weren't, they weren't blind. The Bible didn't call them blind men anymore. Yeah, I know that. But they became what they believed. The moment they said, yes, Lord. The moment they said, yes, Lord. <laughs> the moment they said, yes, Lord, they're no longer referred to as blind men. Did y'all catch that? Yes. He touched their eyes in verse 29. Now y'all think, okay, y'all, the, the Bible's just making proper use of pronouns. Yeah, I understand you and your deep, deep theological self. But I'm talking about here, I need you to see the revelation of the fact that their faith started changing them. What they believed was they were starting to become what they believed. I'm telling you right now, if you're believing something, while you're sitting in this room, you are changing, you are becoming that which you believe right now. Oh my God. Let, let me help me help you. I, I'll be with this. Give, give, me, give me media glory to God. Somebody's going to grab a hold of this. Glory to God. You're going to run at this place and Right into your, your future, praise God. Give me Matthew 9, 29 in the J.B. Phillips New Testament. J.B. Phillips New Testament. Give me this same, same uh, verse here. It says here, then he touched their eyes, saying, you have believed, and you will not be disappointed. Hallelujah, glory to God. Somebody better grab a hold of that. You have belief. See, I told you, your real faith always leads to something. When you have real faith working, you will not be disappointed. Glory, your faith. Man, when, when, you, when, you finally, when you finally get that fish out the water, boy, you're going, you already grinning from ear to ear. But when you get out the water, yeah, you ain't got no puffer fish. Now, I found out you can actually eat puffer fish, too. But you don't want that, man. You want, you want your big old snook, something like that, man. Yeah, right. Want you some sheep's head, man. Yeah. 
Come on, redfish even, man. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, you won't be disappointed. See, when you have faith, you will never be put to shame. Faith, let me just say it this way, plain English. Faith will never let you down. Glory to God. Y'all better catch that. Faith will never let you down. I'm talking about real faith. It will never, if you ever get, get, get your faith hooked on something, it will never let you down. Glory to God. All right, give me the same verse, Matthew 9, 29, in the Passion Translation, the Passion Translation. Let's see what it says here. It says, then Jesus put his hands over their eyes and said, you will have what your faith expects. Oh, man. Y'all better grab a hold of that. You will have what your faith expects. Anybody have any real expectation? Lord, I wish, come on, I wish I had a few more people. I thought this was a faith church. Anybody? Man, get a glass. Are you working on anything? See, the reality of it is, if you're not working on anything, you're dying while you're sitting here. Because the just live by faith. So if you're not working on anything with your faith, you're sitting there dying. Spiritually. That, that's the reason why God always wants you working on something. That's why he always wants you to believe in him for another house. Well, no, no, I, I'm, I'm satisfied with what I have. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need that. It ain't about what you need, baby. It's what you need to survive. You need faith like you need air. The just, four times the Bible said it. I think the Bible says it twice, that's, that's good. But four times the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So you, the same way a fish lives by water, you live by faith. So if you're not working your faith, that, that's why God always wants you to believe in God for more prisons. He wants you to believe in for another house, another car, a, a, a promotion on your job, your own business. I don't, I don't need all that. It ain't about what you need, honey. It's about God needing you to work your faith so he can keep you alive. I receive. So he can keep you alive. It's about you staying alive. It's about you staying alive. He needs you believing God. Well, you know, it's okay if I have a little pain. No, don't believe for that pain. Believe God to be totally pain-free. He needs you to believe for your total healing. Well, I'm, I'm down from 30, 30 pills to 10 pills. That's great. That's great improvement. But he wants you to believe for no pills. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He can do it. Oh, y'all ain't saying. I said he can do it. If he can take two men who were totally blind and now their eyes are open, then he can take you down from 30 pills to 10 pills to 3 pills to no pills where now you lay hands on the sick and the sick recover because of your faith. Y'all got this here? All right. So, so look at this here. It says, you will have what your faith expects. So your faith should always be, your faith has to expect something. Let me, let me, hallelujah. I won't bother that. I'll let the Lord just talk here. All right, give me again Matthew 9, 29 in the message translation. I got to hurry up. 
message translation. He touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. That's the one I wanted you to focus on here. Become what you believe. Y'all with me on this here? Now, your faith connects you to God's grace or his supernatural ability. So faith connects you to the grace of God or the supernatural ability of God. Y'all have that? Okay? Grace changes everything. It's God's ability that changes everything in your life. Okay? Now, so everything in your life can change if you believe. I, I want to come down here now. I just, everything in your life can change if you believe. Yeah, say it. Everybody say it. Say, everything in my life can change if I believe. All right? Now, remember, you become what you believe. You become what you believe. In fact, that's the way God designed you. Right? How many of y'all know that? God designed you to become what you believe. Uh, Romans 12, verse 2. Give me that scripture on the screen, please. I won't turn to it. Romans 12, 2 <clears throat> talks about be not conformed to this world, right? But be, this is you, okay? <laughs> give, me, give me the King James on that just for a second. I want to see if they got a word in there. Okay, yeah. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye. I just wanted to own that word in there, be ye. Now, y'all know what ye means. You, okay? So let's go back to the New King James, and we can read it in simple English here. But I just wanted you to make sure you understand this is you. You got to do this. You have to do this. It's not on God. It's on you. It's his ability, but it's your faith. Okay? So everything, listen to me very carefully. Y'all listen, everybody listen, everybody, 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 everybody. Everything in your life can change if you believe. If there's anything in your life right now that you don't like, anything in your life that is, that is unsatisfactory, it can change, it can start changing right now if you believe. So be not conformed to this world, but be ye or you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transform means to be changed. So you are changed by renewing your mind. So if it's something you don't like, change your mind. <laughs> something you want different, just change your mind. Because you are transformed, you are changed in and out by renewing your mind. Give me Proverbs 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, verse 7. Glory to God. As a man thinks in his heart... So as you think in your heart, so are you. So you become what you think. Now this is, this is for us, implication is, I got to think God's thoughts. I got to think God's words. I got to believe. And when I believe, I become what I believe. So I'm transformed by renewing my mind. I'm transformed by changing what I believe. Y'all got this here. All right, now, now, glory to God. <laughs> First, you got to believe you can, that everything can change. Then you got to also believe that things are changeable. I want you to find a scripture. Find 2 Corinthians 4. I won't tell you what verse. I want you to read ahead of me. 2 Corinthians 4, find that. You got to believe, first of all, that things are changeable. There's, there's this, this uh, I was telling you about this Wednesday night. 
as we were talking about, you know, we're working on this whole thing about getting our officers here to, to start wearing body cameras and so forth, okay? Um, and there's a statement I read uh, that talks about, I think they use this in AA and NA, those kind of programs, that talks about this serenity statement, God grant me the serenity to whatever, whatever. But there's one part that says, grant me the whatever to accept the things I cannot change. And, and we said, let's throw that statement out. For us, it should be, God grant us the wisdom to change the things we cannot accept. Because there are things in your life that you should not be accepting. Come on now. Any sickness you should not accept. It's not from God. Any pain we should not accept. Because it's not from God. Any lack of poverty we should not accept. It's not from God. Any guilt or condemnation we should not accept. It's not from God. Are you hearing me? Any confusion and strife in your marriage is not from God. Don't accept it. Tell your neighbor you don't have to accept everything. You know, if the mailman brings something to your house and you don't want it, you don't have to accept it. You can sign a return to sender. I don't want that mess. I didn't order this. I didn't order sickness. I didn't order disease. I didn't order strife. I didn't order this confusion. I didn't order this lack this month. Some people, they, they put sickness on autofill. Just, just auto, just, just keep bringing it to me. Just, they, they, put, they put disease and they put poverty on autofill. Just, just, I, I'm subscribed. I subscribe to poverty. Stop. Hey, un unsubscribe from poverty, y'all. That's worth, that's worth tweeting right there. Unsubscribe from poverty. Unsubscribe from sickness. Unsubscribe from disease. Unsubscribe from confusion. Unsubscribe from guilt. Unsubscribe from that mess. Oh, you don't want that. You know when you subscribe, it that automatically comes. It is all, no, I don't want, I don't want, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> Second Corinthians uh, four. So you got to know that things can change. I receive. You got to know things can change. Tell your neighbor things can change. Tell them everything can change. Give me Second Corinthians four verse eighteen. Second Corinthians four verse eighteen. Glory to God. Second Corinthians four verse eighteen. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are temporary. That word temporary means changeable or subject to change. So if you see something, it can change. Some of y'all think that it's hopeless. It ain't hopeless. If you can see it, it can change. Some of you might think it's too late. It ain't too late. If you can still see it, it can change. For anything seen is temporary. You know, temporary means that it's going to pass away. Got it? Temporary is as, as opposed to permanent. So anything you see in your life that you don't like, it's changeable. <laughs> How many of y'all think about at least two or three things you want to change right now? Just come on, tell the truth. Some things I want to change. 
I want to change. What? Who's going to change it? God. But how's he going to change it? Through your faith. Why won't God do anything about it? He can't until you release your faith. For him to do it without you releasing your faith, he'd be violating his order. Man, 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 oh man. All right, so the things which are seen are temporary, but things that are not seen are eternal. Got it? Now let's grab Hebrews 11 verse 1. Because there are things that are seen that are temporary, but things that are not seen are eternal. Hebrews 11, 1, y'all see it? Now faith is. Come on now. The substance of things. And it is the evidence of. So eternal things happen as a result of you releasing your faith. Faith grabs hold of things that are not seen. All right, now let me ask this question. He said, give me, give me a second Corinthians 4.18 again. We're going to flip back and forth just for a second. So we look at things, we don't look at, while we look not at things that are seen, while we look, we're looking, right? Looking is the verb, right? Looking is an action, right? So we look not or don't look at things that are seen, but at the things Unseen. So the verb didn't change, right? So we can put the word look back in there. We look at the things that are seen, but we look at things that are not seen. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just messed me up, Pastor. Yeah. We look at things that are not seen. How can I look at things that are not seen? Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. So I see the unseen things by my faith. You got it? Listen to me very carefully. Here's a statement you need to hear. There is no such thing as blind faith. We use that in the church. We use that all in the world. But there's no such thing as blind faith. Faith sees something. That's what he meant in 2 Corinthians 14. You're looking at something. It's the substance. It's the evidence. So faith sees something. So with faith, I see, I see what I am to become. So I look not, 2 Corinthians 14, get that back on the screen. So I look not or I stop looking at what's seen. Y'all didn't catch that. So I stopped looking at what's seen. I stopped looking at doctor's report every time. The doctor's report. Let me pull the doctor's report out again. Let me, let me pull it out again. Here's what they said. Let me look at it. I keep looking at that. I keep looking at that. And pull out my credit report again. Let me, I keep looking at that. Oh my God. I keep looking at that. This is wrong. I keep. So stop looking at that. Stop looking at what they said. Start looking at what he said and put your faith in what he said because what you believe you will become. So if that's how it works, if you keep uh, Isaiah 53 verse 1. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Isaiah 53 verse 1. Who has 
whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Oh, Jesus. So notice this. Whoever believes God's report, God's arm will be revealed to him. I wish I had a church here this morning. Whoever believes God's report, you're going to come back again, Lord, have mercy. Faith is being revealed. Who has believed our, I receive, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So his arm is revealed until you believe his report. So put your daughter's report away. Stop studying WebMD trying to self-diagnose and 